Hey family, I'm Joanna and I'm Shannon and, and we're, we're just ordinary Catholics. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord, I thank you for this day today and thank you for giving me all the patience I need because I personally am having a very busy week. <laughs> Thank you for walking with us, and thank you for giving us people to walk with as well. Amen. Amen. All right, so next up on our kind of list of sacraments, we've kind of been going through them, I guess, kind of as you would naturally throughout your life. We did the sacraments of initiations. We talked about baptism, um, first communion, confirmation, we talked about reconciliation, which is the sacrament of healing, and today we're talking about the first of the sacraments of vocation. Most people will receive one of the two mm -hmm. of these vocations, yes. if any. So the other one is the sacrament of religious orders. Yeah. What is this one? The, so this one is the other one. It's marriage. <laughs> Marriage is <laughs> what brings us together <laughs> today. <laughs> Look, I made a pop culture reference. I was just about to say, I'm so proud of you for making like a geeky reference. Yay. Well, The Princess Bride is not geeky. Well, have to say. It's a little, it's a little bit of a cult film. Love it though. Or if you lived through the 80s like me, it's just a regular film. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, today we are talking about the sacrament of marriage. And this is one that Shannon and I both kind of know. Um, so Shannon is, you are very happily married. How long have you and Candy been married? We just celebrated our 13th oh anniversary. Oh my gosh, so cute. Yes. So Shannon has, has is very happily married. I've, I've been through the preparation process for a marriage, but I've since been divorced, had my marriage annulled. So I, I know the whole process, but I'm also kind of... Well, you received the sacrament, so. Well, actually, I didn't. Oh. That's well, you went through the motions of receiving yes. the sacrament. <laughs> but that's, that's what the, interesting. That's, that's what another podcast. I, I know. That's, I was going to say, that's what the annulment is. It's basically saying that it wasn't a sacrament. But yes, that's another podcast for another day. Interesting. This is kind of a unique sacrament because in order to receive the sacrament, it's not something given to you by a priest, right? You, yeah. You, it's two. People. It's the couple. So this is the only sacrament that's not administered by a priest. The priest presides over it and kind of oversees it and like signs off on all the governmental paperwork. But the sacrament is actually given to the other by the couple, which makes it pretty unique. It's pretty yeah. cool. But there's a whole like process and procedure for receiving the sacrament because in terms of what the Catholic Church teaches is that this is a what's called a covenant, um, which means it's means a whole lot more than just a contract. There is a third party in this mm -hmm. covenant. It's the couple getting married as well as inviting God into their marriage. Kind of like a Trinity, would you say? <gasps> what? What, are you allowed to say that? I don't yeah. Know. Oh, okay. No, I was just saying, oh my gosh, mind-blowing. Yes, no, that it, it's very much, I mean, I've heard it described a lot, like, you know, in, as a triangle, right? There's three people involved, and the clo if God is, like, the top of the triangle, the closer that the couple gets to God, the closer that they get to each other, too. Mm -hmm. Or, like, a mountain. 
I like that one better. <laughs> so it's a very liturgical act, and it takes place typically within the confines of like a church. Uh, it can be a mass, but it doesn't have to be a mass. So that you can celebrate the Eucharistic feast at your like wedding ceremony in the Catholic church, but you don't have to, if you don't want to. And a lot of times we see it not being celebrated as a mass. If one of one parts of the couple is not Catholic. Interesting. According to the catechism, the marriage, sacrament of marriage, is for the good of the couple and also generation and education of children, which is just a really fancy way of saying that being a part of the sacrament of marriage is supposed to lead you closer to Christ, which is what you were just talking about with the, the little triangle. Yeah, and it, because... It involves the start of a new family, too. I think after the Second Vatican Council, they coined the term the domestic church, and that's what you are creating. Is I used to think that was so cheesy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Being until, a part of the domestic church. And like, yeah, but until COVID hit and, like, you couldn't go into oh, a church. Yeah, but even before that, like, I felt like domestic was like, oh, the mom has to be a housekeeper. Oh, like a June Cleaver. Yeah, which <laughs> is funny because I'm not a housekeeper, but I am a mom. <laughs> but I think in raising the kids, I we've ha- kind of evolved to bringing a lot of traditions that are churchy mm-hmm. into our home, like Advent calendar. And we do a lot of you know, prayers, specific prayers. Yeah. You even did like a foot washing with your kids on Holy Thursday. I saw the pictures. They look so cute. Yeah. So I I have a domestic church, but (laughs) (laughs) I've learned to embrace the actual meaning of it rather than the terminology, I think. Yeah. I, we, I mean, we kind of experienced that in our household growing up too. My parents were really dedicated to building a domestic church in our home with icons mm-hmm. crucifixes and religious art but then also like practicing you know pr- our prayer life and different elements of the, the liturgical year in our yeah. home so yeah so how do we get this sacrament how do you get hitched in the catholic church <laughs> <laughs> like all sacraments there is preparation involved yes pretty cup- extensive too yeah. The couple, I guess it depends on the diocese. I keep saying diocese. Yeah, it depends on both the diocese Diocese. and the church that you're preparing in. So every church has a different preparation process. They typically look similar to each other, but they might differ in the way that they're actually Mm -hmm. given. There are a couple of classes that the couple goes to together. Mm -hmm. There is a survey to see if... They say it's not a test. It's totally... No, it's not a test. But it's a very extensive survey. I think they changed it, but I had to answer like 150 they questions. They did not change it. And full disclosure here, I hope I'm allowed to say that my husband and I are involved in the preparation process for new couples. Uh-huh. And it, while it is not a test, there are <laughs> preferred, and I have huge quotes going around that, preferred answers. So, yeah. but you cannot fail it if Basically, if your answers do not align, that's just something the couple needs to come together and discuss before marriage so there's not as many surprises once you get into the marriage. Because marriage 
it's it's hard. Difficult. It's hard. So there's this preparation time classes. There's a survey to see if your answers. Mm-hmm. There's typically a retreat that you go on to, whether it's like a one day retreat or an over. Did you went on the overnight retreat, <sighs> yes. right? Yes. Did you like it? No. Really? Can I say that? No, I did not like it. Oh, I went on the one day and I wish I had gone on the overnight. The overnight was a lot of information crammed into. Yeah. Could you imagine how the one day one went? They don't do that for us anymore. We, I'm a part of a, the preparation team. And we actually, my husband and I sit down with one couple and we mm-hmm. talk probably four or five sessions. That's awesome. That are weeks apart or a week apart and at least an hour apiece. So it's still a lot, but at least you have time to like digest what's being discussed. Yeah. I only met with my focus couple, I think one time Mm -hmm. and that was it. Yeah. They changed it since you got married. Yeah. Which it seems like a lot, but we, we go through everything from finances to your family of origin to raising kids. So there's a lot to talk about that will come up mostly in your first year of marriage, which... Well, it's it's important. And I think that, you know, a lot of us growing up, you know, especially in today's world, you grow up with like Pinterest and Instagram, and it seems all like freaking rainbows and butterflies. I shouldn't say freaking. It seems all rainbows and butterflies and having the Pinterest perfect wedding, but nobody tells you like, hey, it's really important to discuss finances and how you're going to save for retirement and what your spending habits are like and how are you going to spend together? Are you going to combine bank accounts? What kind of debt does the other one have? How do you mm-hmm. plan on paying off? I mean, all of those really practical things. Yeah. Are and also coming from like understanding your future spouse, like, are you a morning person or a day person? Maybe you shouldn't bother them in the morning because they take a long time to work, wake mm-hmm. up. So there's a lot that we try to kind of impose on them yeah. <laughs> during the meetings. So there is the preparation. And Pope John Paul, have you ever heard of uh, the theology of the body? Have I ever heard of <laughs> theology of the body? Girl, let me tell you, how many TOB retreats have I done? So... Well, then you talk about it. You're okay. better at it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm a huge fan of it. It's, I mean, I really am. There's some really great programs out there that cover the theology of the body for teens. And, and most of the work that I do is with teenagers. So that's the theology of the body that I know is what I've I've educated myself on and then what I've taught to my teenagers. So kind of put it in that frame of mind. I, I haven't ever done like a TOB for like adults or married people, but... What it is, one of the main focuses of Theology of the Body is this term called FTFF, and it stands for Free, Total, Faithful, and Fruitful. And your marriage vows are those four things. And it's basically like a measuring stick for love, right? So is it free? And this is, you'll hear this if you go to a Catholic wedding, you'll hear the priest ask these questions mm-hmm. before the couple exchanges vows. And it's, are you coming here freely? Like without coercion, no one's forced you to be here. You don't feel trapped into making this decision, whether that's somebody like holding a gun to your head and saying, get married, or maybe you feel very financially trapped with somebody. That's another form of like, it's it's not free if you feel financially um, trapped with somebody that you have to you know, get married to them. Is it total? Are you committing to give, giving yourself completely and totally to this person? Is it uh, faithful? Are you saying that you're going to be with this person forever? You know, is there any infidelity or, 
you know, is it, is it for life? Um, so if divorce is an option for one or both parties of the couple, then it's not sacramental. And is it going to be fruitful? Are you open to life? Um, and that can mean a couple of things, whether that means are you open to like bearing your own children? Are you open to adopting children? Um, are you open to the fruits of the spirit working in your marriage? All of those things. So the priest kind of asks those questions before the couple exchanges vows. And that's kind of a measuring stick for like, am I really ready to marry this person? Yeah, I think the total one is really like overlooked sometimes because what we learned, I think this is our biggest takeaway from our own marriage retreat was being life-giving and life-taking mm. and that marriage isn't 50-50, it's 100-100. Yeah. No, that's, church is bad at math, but <laughs> <laughs> but it's having to say, I'm not in the mood to do this, like to do cooking and cleaning on the same day or to take care of the kids or that you're stressed and you need to go out and I have to stay here or whatever, but you still have to give yourself totally, even if you don't want to. Right. Like whole, even if you don't, and I'm using air quotes, like feel like it, yeah. you still have to, you're yeah. still saying that I'll do this. Yeah. Even if you're not in a great mood. Yeah. That you yeah. just have to show up for your spouse. And if you're the person that makes the coffee in the morning and you got to make the coffee in the morning. <laughs> yep. Yep. And there are some I, I just want to, I know that we're talking about marriage today, so I promise I won't harp on this for very long, but I do just want to kind of like insert this in here that with all of these, there is a line, right? Of there course. is a line between, um, yes, this is a healthy relationship and a healthy marriage. And then there is a line of, are we, are you totally giving of yourself and is the other person taking advantage and abusing because that Because in, in that sense, if you're totally giving yourself and what you need to give to the marriage another person is being selfish with that, then they're not totally giving to you. But if you're both totally giving right. together, it's a, it's a very, right. you know, it's hard. Right. It's very hard, but it, there's definitely a balance and a swing. And right. if somebody is always sacrificing, then the other person is not being total with their. Right. And that's, I mean, and that's where you get into the little bit of a, I don't want to say gray area, but. It's not great, but it is, it's not private, but it's personal, right? It's, right. it's, something that everybody, even if they know in their head, they have to figure it out in their heart when they're walking the journey. Right. If it, if it has crossed the line into, hmm, this is becoming a little bit of uh, somebody has taken advantage of, or like this mm -hmm. is getting into the abusive territory, mm -hmm. which is not good. And that's not, that's not what you want for a marriage. Right. So yes. So in order to receive the sacrament, you have to be FTFF or free, mm -hmm. total, fruitful, faithful. And you have to have the correct preparations with the mm -hmm. classes. The retreat, the survey. Mm -hmm. This is another one that can be different diocese to diocese, but some allow you to get married during Lent. Some do not, just depending on the... Yeah, I think pre-Vatican II, you could never get married during Lent. In our... I was not pre-Vatican II. I'm not that old, but we were not allowed. Oh, really? Mm -mm. In Interesting. ours. But I know you. Yeah, did. my yeah, yeah. When I got married the first time, uh, it was during Lent. I think it probably varies, like church to church, priest to priest, mm -hmm. availability. Now I will thing. say this: so the the f original date that we had picked was the day before Palm Sunday, and we were told no because that was too close to Holy. Yeah, Week. you can't do it during Holy Week, right. hands down. So there's no exceptions yeah, there. That that is pretty much across the Definitely board. Definitely not on Easter. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs>
Although that would be pretty cool. <laughs> more important things. I will say the the what's more important than a marriage? Yeah, you can't get married on Easter, but Easter's a movable date. So actually, like the after I had been married for a year, our like one year anniversary or whatever was on Easter Sunday. That's happened to us before. Yeah. The year we got married, the Easter Sunday was the Sunday before. And then we went a whole week. We got married on a Monday. So You got married on a Monday? Yeah. Oh, maybe I did know that. It was our spring break. Nice. And also, <laughs> it's a lot cheaper to get married during the week. Yeah. Oh, for sure. No. For Listen, I used to be... Well, my degree is in event management. So I like... What, my education was in the event industry. I know how much things actually cost and how much companies charge if it's a wedding. So, and, and I, I, I mean, I can say this because I've done it once before. Like there are so many things that don't matter. Nobody cares about on your wedding day. And it's a huge deal if you're a bride and you're planning, but it's like, dude, you don't need to spend money on that. Yeah. Nobody cares. So we've made it to the big day, hopefully. Right. So you've do, you've spent all this time preparing. You've prepared with other couples. You've prepared with with mentor couples. You've been to classes. You've, you know, hopefully had those big conversations about family life and money and future and all the awkward uncomfortable things that society doesn't tell you you should talk about before you get married. And now it's the big day. How does it go? So there's a processional just like in just any like mass. mass. Well, let's talk about, yeah, let's talk about the mass specifically. Because obviously, yeah. like, again, being in the event industry, having, like, I had my own wedding. I'm a photographer and a filmmaker for weddings now. So I've been to a lot of weddings. So I've seen how they go. So there's a lot that obviously goes into a wedding day. But we're yeah. just going to be talking about. About the actual sacrament. The church because there's itself. a lot. There's the party after and there's the. The wedding know, night. The party before. And oh, my gosh. Um <laughs> <laughs> And then there could be a photographer and there could be the videographer and there could be, and there could be, and there could be, and there could be right. a best man or there could be 14 groomsmen. That's not part of the sacrament. Right. So we're None not talking that about matters. that specifically today. We're only talking about the actual, the how do you get itself. the sacrament of marriage? Right. So there is a processional. Right. So just like in a normal mass, when the priest and the altar servers would walk in and there's a processional, there's the processional of the bridal party too. Yes, and the bride. And um, I will get a little personal here. I was very disappointed to find out that that was actually a part of the sacrament. I did not want to be a part of the procession. Really? I just wanted to be in the front like the groom, yeah. You should have just stood in the front and had him walk down the aisle. That's not <laughs> what they told me could happen. And if I could, I would have. And I, I said from the beginning when we were planning the the ceremony, I said, I don't want to walk down the aisle. I just don't. And everybody's like, it'll be fine. You'll be fine. You'll be fine. Um, no, I had like an anxiety attack having no. everybody watch me. And this made it onto the video. You can hear me like laugh crying as my dad is. <laughs> Why haven't I seen this video? Because it's so embarrassing. And I was like <laughs> fanning myself and I was super red. And my the bodice of my dress had little beads on it. And I was picking my... Tressen, oh my gosh. <laughs> I can see this happening. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I shouldn't I, be laughing, but it's so hilarious. And I don't know. It was just that that rush of attention. I, I And then you could also see in the video, I get to the altar and I said, I'm okay. It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> oh my gosh. It probably looked like you like did not want to do this. <laughs> right. Which I did, but 
Oh yeah. So so that was that was horrific for me, but I made it. You did it. So there's a procession. <laughs> I didn't realize that that was part of the right. Yeah. But I guess so. And then after that, um, well, there's always a procession in a in a mass, right? Right. So it's just that in this because the the couple is a part of the mass. The bride walks down the aisle. So then there's the liturgy of the word, which is readings from the Bible. It's usually our old psalm, new gospel, right? I think the thing for a wedding mass, because it doesn't happen in a liturgical, within a liturgical calendar date of mass, the couple typically gets to pick their own readings so they're given like I do too they're given a booklet of here are some good options for the readings that surround the whole idea and theme of um, self-sacrifice and marriage and love and friendship Um, here are some recommendations for you and then the couple can actually pick out what they want their readings to be which Mm -hmm. is pretty cool but it still follows the same format of the liturgy of the word which is the old uh, old testament psalm new testament gospel and then they do the exchange of rings, which the ring is a symbol of the fidelity, as you say in your mm-hmm. vow. Um, I have been to some weddings where they, the couple will present flowers to Mary, but not all. So I think that's that's not a part of the right, right? but it's an optional. You don't need to do that. That's not like in the right at all. But if you would like to do that, yeah. To really show can. a devotion to Mary. It's a nice little intermission, I guess. I would totally do one to the Holy Family, not just Mary. I love you, Mama, but... Yeah. And I think that's neat, too, that you can invoke the saints in heaven that you feel yeah. close to. and you can ask them to pray for you mm-hmm. throughout the course of your marriage. I've been at a mass like that, too, a wedding mass like that, where they do the... What's the... Saint oh, the song. litany of saints. Yeah. Yeah, and that was cool. And they That's did cool. they did their confirmation saints, and they did Aww. some of the oh, other that. patron saints of marriage. Yeah. I'm gonna take notes. Yeah, take notes. I like that. And then there's the uh, prayer of the faithful, mm-hmm. which is all the things that you pray for. The Lord hear our prayer stuff, and that also gets very personal because again, it's not a calendar mass. It's right. it's your mass. Um, there's a unity candle, which I always. Sometimes, yeah. Also sometimes it's not. Sometimes it's not, and sometimes it is. I I enjoy it because, at least in mine, my mom lit a candle, his mom lit a candle, and then we took those candles and lit our Aww. unity candle, and we still have ours. That's sweet. and every year I'm like, oh shoot, I forgot about it. Next year we'll light it on our <laughs> anniversary. And we no, don't, <laughs> but we have it. I photographed a wedding in Miami once, and they had this really cool thing where they had their both of their moms place a like flower rope, I guess. Oh, cool. Around, around them, them both. And I feel like my uncle and my aunt got a rosary placed around them, which I don't think you can do anymore. But it was really sweet. And then they had something with the rice where they poured rice from one hand to the other. Ooh. I don't. That's interesting. I don't remember what it was for. But it was different. Yeah, there's a lot of cultural or, mm-hmm. I guess, regional different aspects, too, that yeah can be pulled in. And then there is a, uh, if you're doing a full Mass, it's the whole Eucharistic portion of the Mass. Right. Then you have the part, you know, at this point, if you are not having a Mass, you've exchanged your vow, you, ans- you 
answer the questions from the priest. You exchange your vows. You exchange rings. Hooray. You're married. Have a great rest of your day. Rest we of kind your of life. did a hybrid because my uncle, my great uncle, is a deacon. So we still wanted to have communion, but we didn't mm-hmm. do the Eucharistic prayer. We just oh. had pre-consecrated Oh, that's communion. cool. So we still got to have communion, and he still got to preside over the Mass. So we didn't get the best of both worlds, I guess. That's pretty cool. Yeah. And I think I mentioned this earlier, but you would typically kind of end it there if one party, one part of the couple is not Catholic. Okay. Because, and this is what I've heard anyway, is that, you know, you're starting this new family, you're starting this new life, and you want to enter into everything as like a team and a couple and all this stuff. And then, but it probably doesn't like feel good to be like, okay, I'm going to go receive Jesus now, but you can't. Uh, Okay. So it's like, or there can be some like awkwardness or uncomfortableness, uncomfortability, what? I think that's like a personal decision for the couple. Like, yes. Because some, it's okay. Yeah. Some people are totally cool with it. They don't mind. I've seen where both people are Catholic, but they choose to not have the full mass because maybe their families aren't Catholic. So I've seen, I've seen in any which way. And it's really just up to the couple what they want to do. Yeah. I really like that. It's very yeah. customizable. Yes. And then at the end of the ceremony, there is a nuptial blessing. Yes. Over the couple. One per customer. Kind of. What do you mean? So I got a nuptial blessing for my first wedding, but because my marriage was annulled, which means that it was deemed not sacramental to begin with, uh, which means marriage is basically null and void, I can get another nuptial blessing. But I can't because I'm still in a sacramental marriage. marriage. Yep. Got it. Interesting. Mm -hmm. What a loophole. I know. Well, for a second, I was like freaking out. I was like, oh man, did I lose my one opportunity to get it? And then I had to call and clarify and... Well, good to know. I'm sure you feel very refreshed after. I do. I guess he's gay. Like I'm excited. I have the chance to get another nuptial blessing. I have a chance at another sacramental marriage. Yeah, and that's the whole purpose. Yeah, of the annulment, which is not our episode tonight. No, sorry. Today, but they're 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 intertwined. Yes, so. yes, very. It's all very educational. Yes, that's the point. So why do we? enter or why can we why would we why would anybody want to enter into a marriage that's crazy well I'll tell you I I heard once uh I wasn't actually at this wedding but a friend of mine told me because she was and she was saying that the priest gives you know was giving the homily and he was like you know people sometimes ask me like why'd you become a priest like aren't you crazy and you you know you're gonna be celibate your whole life and all this stuff and he was like (laughs) you guys are the crazy ones. Y'all getting married. Do you, like, I can go fishing whenever I want, but like, <laughs> <laughs> but you as a new couple, like, dude, you can't do that anymore. Like you have a wife or you got whatever, you got to figure it out with the couple. Like you are entering into this like totally self-sacrificial loving marriage where you have to be FTFF to the other person for the whole rest of your life. Like y'all are nuts. That's Hilarious because I mean, I can't be a priest, but I do wonder how people decide to be priests. But I guess it's just the same thing. Like, how, why do you have so many children, Shannon? We wanted a lot of kids. That was part of God's plan for us. And we listened to it. Like, I knew from the beginning, I think we talked about our first date. Really? I wanted four kids, and so did he. Oh, I love that. 
And just, I had always, growing up, I wanted a big family. I'm one of six, and my parents are awesome, but I did not want six children. (laughs) That was a lot. Um, And I always have wanted four kids, and on our first date, he told me that he always wanted a big family because he was one of one, and he thought Aww. four kids would be a good number. And I was like, it's my <laughs> my person. <laughs> You're like, hooray. Yeah, so it, it, was, it was something that we just have always wanted. So That's awesome. But yes, I get that a lot from from people See? who do not have four children. So Yeah, so people think that people getting married, people having kids are crazy. Yeah, and I think marriage definitely is not for everybody. No. But it's for me. And I think for me, it has made me, you know, a little more spiritual. It, mm-hmm. Part of the purpose of, you hear this a lot in marriage preparation, is part of the purpose of marriage is to help your spouse get to heaven, get to heaven mm-hmm. be the best version of themselves that they could be, somebody to pray for, somebody that hopefully is praying for you. And mm-hmm. I don't know, I... I have a good little trinity, mm. I guess. Um, I don't know what else to say. <laughs> we got a little teary. Um, well, you you guys are such a good example. Thanks. We, we like it. I, I will say I truly appreciate being surrounded by um, people who are in sacramental marriages because it's just very encouraging to see the way I'm getting teary (laughs) you know even my you know watching my grandparents Mm -hmm. and the way that they Mm -hmm. love each other and they you know said yes to each other over 50 years ago Mm -hmm. and they are so in love and not gonna lie they're a little spicy (laughs) sometimes I'm like grandma what just came out of your mouth my goodness (laughs) You know, and then to see, you know, my parents as well, you know, the marriage they have and, you know, you and your husband and just all of these really awesome married couples in my life has been like, you know, just a good example and very encouraging. And it gives me a lot of hope for my future too, like knowing, you know, there is something something to this whole sacramental marriage thing. Sure. Also, um, no matter if it's a big wedding or a small wedding, you, you typically are, are surrounded by people who love Loving you. and support. And because you're not just getting married for your spouse. You're, like I said earlier, you're getting married to... For the community aspect as well. children in this mm-hmm. generation and raise them in the church and... Yeah, that's part of your wedding vows too. Mm-hmm. Pretty heavy. Yeah. It's a big commitment. Yeah. It's a big, big, big commitment. I think my final thought is something that one of my favorite priests always would say is, remember, the sacrament of marriage is between the spouse with you and your spouse. Not your, ch- your children are fruits of that sacrament, but they're not the sacrament. And I think when you have a lot of kids, it's very hard to to remember that and so if you are married and have young kids and feel like you don't have time for your spouse just you know I encourage you to remember that your kids will will be okay and your priority is your spouse 
And I mean, of course, there's. Yeah, I mean. That ebbs and flows, but it's very important to cultivate your relationship with your spouse. With your spouse. Because that's your sacrament and that's the promise that you made. Yeah. I mean, I, I remember growing up. I mean, my parents loved us very much. And my mom spent a lot of time with us kids. You know, my dad worked and my dad lost his job once or twice growing up. And, you know, that we had a lot of ups and downs growing up. But I always remember when my dad would come home from work, mom and dad had their little... We do that too. It's not politically correct, but back then we called it a powwow. Like mom and dad have to powwow after work, but I know that's not PC anymore. But they would go into their bedroom and they would like decompress and they would talk about their day and whatever. They would take however long they needed. And I mean, us four kids knew, okay, that was mom and dad's time and we're like not going to, you know, interrupt or bother them while they were having their time. And you know, looking back, I realized how important that was not only to my parents, but also important to the four of us because it made us realize, you know, like mom and dad love us so much, but we saw how much they loved each other and mm-hmm. how much they made each other the priority. And you know, I don't know, the four of us, my mom is a very iron willed woman. And she kind of instilled in us a sense of independence. So like while they were powering, whatever, like we could take care of ourselves. Sure. And anyway, now I'm kind of rambling, but all that to say, my parents had a very good example of making the other person a priority. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we do that too. We actually call it red chair time. Um, we don't have red chairs, but we lived with a couple who was older. Um, they're not related to us, but kind of related to us. But anyway, when we moved to South Carolina, in our house, uh, it wasn't ready yet. We we moved there a couple of weeks before we closed. And we lived with this uh, family friend, and they had these red chairs, and they didn't match. They were kind of like beat up and stuff. But they said that every day they were older than us, and they said that every day when he got home from work, they sat in these red chairs. And as they were raising their kids, they would say, "This is our red chair time." And every day, I think it was after dishes, actually, the kids would do the dishes and they would sit down and, and have red chair time and, and talk to each other. And when they were in their red chairs, nobody could talk to them. That's so awesome. when we were like, we're going to grow up and have kids and we're going to have red chair time. And, and we <laughs> do. So not every night. I mean, we have four kids, as I've said. So. <laughs> but we do try. And, and our kids are pretty respectful of that. Like, I just need a moment with your mom or whatever. We are, we're just t- talking. We haven't talked all day. So this is just our time together. So, Yeah. Secrets secrets to a a happy, long marriage. Yeah. Yes. Sometimes we even set a timer because we're like, we only need 10 minutes, guys. Just like give us the 10 minutes. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. Tip. But that's just it. You know, know, the wedding is, and I'm I'm sure you've heard this before, but the wedding is for a day, which is another reason why you should not spend a million dollars on a wedding. But whatever. That's neither here nor there. Personal preference. But the wedding is for a day. Your marriage is for the rest of your life. Till death do you part. You can either say till death do us part, but that's a little morbid, right? So you can also say like for all of my days. Yeah, that's cute. That's very poetic. Yes. So yeah, it's for a lifetime. It's for a lifetime. So not something to be taken lightly. If you have any wild wedding or marriage preparation stories or married life stories, we want to hear about them. 
can DM us at an ordinary Catholic. And hopefully we'll hang out with you there. Yeah. Keep on dropping that married life wisdom, Shannon. Oh, I try. <laughs> We're praying I'm for I'm just you. an ordinary married person. <laughs> just kidding. We're praying for you. Please pray for us. And, and we'll, we'll see you in our prayers. prayers.